0: I got the edge and you got the edge and we're gonna take it to the top, gonna take it to the top, yeah, take it to the top.
1: Welcome to Authority Marketing Edge. Today, my guest is Christine Lee Schindler. Christine is a homeschooling mom of three, author of the book All the Things, podcast host of All the Things with Christian Schindler. She's a personal coach, small business owner, and also an international missionary currently working on humanitarian projects in the country of Sri Lanka. Christine has always loved to listen to other people's stories and share her story with others. So without further ado, let's just get into your story. So Christine, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining me today.
0: Thanks, Steph. I'm honored to be here and to share with your with your listeners.
1: Uh, I'm so glad you're here. I've been looking forward to this, actually. Uh, So Kristen, like one of the things that I love to start with is just a little bit about your journey of like you know, kind of like where you started before you got into being a personal coach and entrepreneur, the, all the things. So if you just tell us a little bit about that journey, that would be wonderful.
0: Yeah. So I was a public school teacher for 20 years. Um, and then I left public school after 20 years and I just felt there was like this unrest in my heart. I just felt like something, I, I couldn't do it anymore. My educational philosophy and what I was being asked to do and the way I believed kids were learning, it just didn't drive anymore. And I just couldn't do it anymore. It was literally like, just, I felt like I was dehydrating. (laughs) I just felt like creatively I was dehydrating day by day. Um, So this new opportunity came up for um, my kids, my middle two, my younger two had been attending a Montessori school and they started an adolescent program and i was really good friends with the gal for years my kids had attended the school and i said tell me about this program and she said you would be amazing at this program she goes but i can't pay you what you've been making because she knew that i worked in the neighboring district she knew how much they paid and this was a small private school you know we had you know first year we had you know seven kids in our program so it was very small and i went home and i told my husband and um, i said hey Bridget told me about this new program. They're going to be opening at our, our kids Montessori school. And he said, wow, that, that sounds like your dream job. And I said, I know, right. It had to do with the horses and being outside and all this kind of creative stuff. And so I went back to Bridget and I said, Hey, let's talk a little bit more about this. And she goes, seriously, Kristen, I can't pay you nearly what you're making. And I have my master's degree in education. And, and I said, you know what, Bridget, I'm at a point in my life where it's not about the money i'm making i have to be doing something that fuels my soul Mm -hmm. and i'm not doing that so i took that next summer i accepted the position and i accepted it in october of the current school year so i had to work that whole school year i didn't tell people i was leaving until december i felt really kind of bad but then i just had i was just released and you know i had people that came up to me that were weeping when i was leaving Mm -hmm. because they wanted they were like we want to go with you this sounds like what's such an awesome opportunity Um, and it really was and I took that whole next summer I left and I was away for five weeks and I did my training in Hershey um, Ohio at the Montessori school Hershey Montessori and um, it just reminded me of what education is supposed to be and I always had an entrepreneurial spirit like even um you know as a as a teen and a young adult i like to do art and i remember going someplace and seeing like these pots that were painted and someone had made candles out of them and i was like i could do that and so i did it and i went back to the lady at the shop and i said hey i made these can i sell them here too and she's like yeah and so i always had that kind of spirit Um, And so that was kind of the core Maria Montessori wants adolescents in her, in her um, educational platform that she wrote out for adolescents. She wanted them doing real work. So that's a a component of the adolescent uh, Montessori program is they come up with ideas of things that they can do. They can make that are, that are real work. It's not just busy work that they're trying to sell stuff, you know? Um, So I spent two years doing that. And I thought that I thought I had arrived. Like I thought I'm going to retire doing this. It's perfect. My oldest son was my student. My younger son was at the, at this other school, which was still on site, but it was in a different building. My daughter was there. We got to go all to school together at the same time. Mm -hmm. And then our second year, our administration changed. Our numbers went down and they said, we're not going to be able to continue the program. And I was crushed Steph. I was like, Mm -hmm. wait, what do you mean? Like, my, my middle boy was supposed to be with me and I told him for two years, like, you're gonna get to be in the adolescent program. This is gonna be awesome. You know, like that big carrot, you know, that I was getting. Yeah. And, and then, um, you know, but, but in the back of my mind, my best friend had started homeschooling when, when our older boys were in sixth grade. And my older boy at this time was just finishing ninth grade. And financially, it wasn't a jump that my husband and I had were able to do. We didn't think financially that we could do it, but it's really interesting because, you know, when you really look at things and when things are meant to be, they have a way of working out. Okay. And so we went, I took a 50% pay cut for this job, which I loved. And when we found out that it was closing, my husband said, Hey, well, you know, our middle boy, his name is Logan. He was going to be with you for the next two years anyway. Our older son was going to be going to a school. We already had him ready to go start his 10th grade year and transition. He goes, what if you just homeschool he and our young and our daughter for two years, and then we'll put him in the same school that his brother's going to. And I was like, how are we going to do that? Like, I've always worked. I don't know that, you know, and, you know, I went from taking a 50% pay cut to taking a 100% pay cut and it all worked out. It all worked out. We we were able to find a way to you know change some things up. So so I started homeschooling, thinking I'm just going to homeschool the two, and I'm going to have my son who this year is his freshman year. I'm just going to homeschool until he's a freshman, and then I'm going to boot him to where his brother's going. Well, little did I know, his brother didn't even finish the full year at the private high school because he decided he wanted to do something different. He wanted to go into welding. That was not what was going to be available at the school, wasn't even available at our public school. Right. And so we decided, hey, if you want to homeschool, we'll get you signed up with the local community college. That's we'll do awesome. enrollment. And so everything has shifted from what I thought all the things were that I was yeah. going to be doing as a parent.
1: Yeah. Um. I, but- I want to I interrupt you just for a second there, because yeah. I think there's a, an important point to be made there. And then I want you to continue on. But, absolutely, I think when you do things differently and things work out and then other people see you do like your son. So, so it, you opened a door, you opened your, this opened his mind to like, wait a minute, I don't have to do things the same way we've always done them. And I, I think that is such an important point. This is such an interesting thing because I was the coach I was talking to earlier we got into talking about, like, he said, what are one of the, what is something that just makes you like, not angry, but like, that you just get passionate about that you, that's inequality and you want to change. And it was education. It was like, we are talking Mm -hmm. about like the way they heard people through education, they close their minds. They, they, um, they close a lot of doors instead of opening a lot of possibilities. And I think you just taking that action, that leap you gave your child, your son, permission to take that leap and that mm-hmm. opened the doors for him for the rest of his life. And I think that's it, such a cool thing.
0: Thank you. It really was so powerful and I really think that I needed to leave public education and spend those 2 years in Montessori to be reminded of the way that we learn. Because mm-hmm. I had been trained in public education, traditional education, you know, and but it's but it's also changing And, you know, not that all public schools are the way that our district was, but most of them are. And it's check off the box. Mm -hmm. It's check off the box. There's not a lot of independent thinking. They like to say that there is. They like to say that there's a lot of change and standing up for things that are right. But in terms of really, you talk to the kids and you ask them, they're overwhelmed, they're stressed, and they just want to be done. And, um, you know, I talked to my I talked to uh, my, my freshman this year and he was talking to me about his friends who go to public school. And he said, mom, I just, I feel like they're doing so much more. They have homework all the time. They're, they're spending hours doing this work. And I said, okay, they're learning what someone else is telling them that they have to learn. You're getting to learn what you're interested in. And and I bring things up. We've been talking a lot about the constitution and our founding fathers, things like that. And so we dig deeper, but it's not like, we're not reading textbooks and answering quiz questions. Right. And so for right. him, he wasn't, he was, we had to kind right. of take a, you know, a different look. So yeah. yeah. But,
1: I love the point that you made about, they think they say they're making change. They say they're doing these, you know, cutting edge things, but really they're, they're making a little tweaker. Tweak or two here that surface, but it's not really like changing their whole philosophy and their whole principle. Right. And it's the same. I see the same thing in healthcare. Like I've been in healthcare for 30 years and like, Oh, we're making all these changes. No, you're not. You would have to totally gut the system and get insurance involved in everyone else. Um, so anyway, I could go off on a tangent and I won't do that because this is your interview, but, but I really, um, I I really love this conversation. And I think it's so, so important that we, that we start looking at education like differently because these are, this is our future that we're working with here. And, and I just feel like there's so much more possibility that, that when they're taught a certain way, when they're like, Mm -hmm. instead of just like, you have to know this to do this, no, let's open their minds to let them see what all is really possible. I think we cap people's potential in public school, in our education system. Absolutely. I think we cap their potential yeah. and that's heartbreaking to me.
0: Well, and what happens is, is they see everybody else who, if they're a good student and they're a pleaser and they're a type A personality, those kids are gonna rise to the, to the top. The, the, the teachers are gonna be happy with their behavior. And if you have, if you learn any differently, then you're not gonna succeed. So an example that we had was when my son was in the, the private school for that one year, he was taking a chemistry class. And the chemistry teacher, you would think like chemistry, there's lots of labs. That's what my chemistry class was, right? You know, lots of labs every week, you know, hands-on types of things. And when my son had those, he got hundreds on all of them but the whole rest of the class and there were very few of them but all the other ones were read test read test read test read test that is not the way that he learned best that's not yeah. how he retains best right. and he felt like a failure and he he was so stressed out and i finally got to the point where he he was trying to cram for this final that he was not gonna pass there was no way that he was going to pass this class and i finally said to him you know what i'm releasing you from this class you need to understand that this is not you this is that this is a bad fit it's like wearing a pair of tennis shoes that they are they're running shoes and you want to run but there you have a narrow foot and it's an extra wide or the opposite or whatever that doesn't mean that you're not going to be successful here it just means it's not the right fit and so i said to him you have the opportunity to hack your education you know we can do things differently and um and so what's interesting is he's going into this welding program and he's he's always been like kind of like a quiet artist he likes to sketch and stuff but he's not like really proud about it and like confident about it but he's been making these really cool intricate they almost look like fire um, these they he, he calls them knives but they're more like an artistic kind of sculpture mm-hmm. and i said to him the other day he he's made two of them and i said so this right here you're going into welding to like get a job where you can actually weld pipes and all that stuff i said but this aspect is allows your creative mm-hmm. efforts i said so i want you to to realize that this is a gift and this is something that you could, you know, take on the entrepreneurial side and design really cool things that are right. unique and, you know, do some leather working and, you know, um, and he was like, oh. And so he hadn't even kind of gone down right. that rabbit hole, you right. know? I so. love it.
1: I love it. So cool. Very, very neat. So, Kristen, what is a uh, big aha moment you've had about yourself through all of this? What's some discovery? That you've made about yourself through this whole journey
0: well um you know i wrote my book all the things which was about all the things that i thought parenthood was about and really all the things that it is about which is relationship and spending quality time and and all of those, those types of things um but my aha moment really has been that i realized that to do whatever it is that i'm Ask to do in whatever season that is, I really have to be disciplined and I really have to be balancing the things in my life. And if I don't have that balance, then I can't do the things that are most important to me. Um, and, and I, I've always been this person who has a lot of plate spinning. I have a lot of, I'm a beekeeper. I love to ride horses. I love to paint. You know, and so my mom will always say, you know, you can't do everything. And I'm like, oh, but watch me, <laughs> you know, I am the
1: same way. Yes, I am the same way. I think yeah. you're, you're an artist. And I think part of that is um, for me, too, is curiosity and wanting to try new things. And and it is part of it is like this over um, part of it is desire to try all these things. And part of it is this optimistic belief that I have the time and the ability to do all of them. And I, it's really kind of been an eye-opening thing for me this this past year of like, oh, I've taken on way too much, but, um, but that's okay too. Sometimes you need to make those corrections and go right. No, let's get back on track and do the things that are really the most important and the and the biggest needle movers. But I, I think I think there's also there's also a lot to be said for people that are really curious and do try a lot of things. Um, So I love that you're a beekeeper too. I've always been, that's another thing I've been interested in.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I'm hoping that my bees survive winter because I have five hives and um, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's very relaxing for me because my brain is always going. And so when I go and I've sued up, then I have to be quiet and I have to kind of quiet myself. Other people might do yoga. Other people might do, you know, breathing exercises and stuff. But when you're, you, you can't move fast when you're handling bees or they will not be happy with you.
1: Oh, um, that's an interesting. I would never have thought of that. And it makes, it makes sense. So it's almost like you're in flow. Yes. Like this slow motion, like methodical thing that you're doing. And
0: yeah, well, yeah. and you get, and you get drawn in because, you know, when you're, when you're holding up your frames and you're examining and you're looking to see Mm -hmm. that everybody's healthy and you're, you know, you have to be very methodical in checking things out. And, um, you kind of forget, you know, everything that's around you. Um, yeah, I love that. If you're not focused and you drop a frame, whoo, not good,
1: not good. They're, they're angry, huh?
0: (laughs) <laughs> there they will get very angry with you. Yes. Very have you, angry. With have you. you ever been stung? Oh, yes, multiple times. Actually, uh last summer was the worst summer because we had what's called a dearth. So a dearth is when there's no food for the bees and they have their honey stored in their hive. And then when you're going to take the honey out, there's nothing around them. There's no flowers blooming. And Mm -hmm. so they're like, wait a minute, you cannot be taking this for us. And I made a mistake. I, I wasn't even thinking. And I was at my one place where I have hives and, um, something happened. And when I was holding something, I put my arm down and right in my armpit, there must've been a bee. And so it stung me through my jacket. It wasn't on purpose that it was being angry with me, but, um, well, here's a little thing about bees. When they sting you on your clothing, they release a pheromone and an that injury. in nature, yes, it becomes like a target for other bees, okay? So I was very close to being finished with that job that day, and um, I went and I finished, and I was going to go to my other location that day, but it was really hot outside. It was like 95 degrees with a heat index. I was sweating, you know, my tushy off. And I was like, no, I'm going to go home and get a drink. Cause I don't want to get so dehydrated that I have a migraine or something like that. Well, the next day I, I didn't wash my bee suit. I, I, I don't often wash it. You, you just put it in the back of your you know, van and then yeah. you wear it the next time. And that was still on there. So the same spot that I got stung the day before two bees got me and they were like, not, they were,
1: they were angry. <laughs> their,
0: they were like, boom. Yeah. So had I gone that same day with that oh, fresh, geez. you know, um, pheromones, it would have been much worse. And so, yeah, so it's just kind of par for the course. Oh, wow. You know, I take a little Benadryl. Yeah. 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 Use some essential oil. Yeah.
1: That's interesting. Wow. Fun stuff. I had no idea we'd be talking about bees, but you never know where these conversations go. Know,
0: yeah. So, you never know. Uh, let,
1: let, let's talk a little bit about, so you're you're a, you said a personal coach. Is that like kind of like a life coach? Like a, is that,
0: yeah. Yeah. Like a life coach, helping people to look at their life and looking at their things. You know, we all have things, um, doesn't matter if you're married or single or a college student, a teenager or a senior citizen getting AARP stuff in the mail. We all have, you know, I've, I've created these six pillars that stand for the acronym of our things. And if we don't have those pillars balanced, then we're, we're not able to show up strong. Right. And that, that affects us in, in multiple ways.
1: So let's talk about, let's talk about your pillars a little bit and let and see how we if we can help the audience balance their things so they can show up powerfully.
0: There you go. All right. So so the acronym of things starts with the T for the T and things, and that stands for your time right? So we all have the same number of hours in a day. But and this, is, this has been crucial for me, especially since, you know, when I worked outside of the home, it, the, the t- time was very delineated. So and, and I think for people with COVID and having to work at home and the pivot of not having certain bells going off that I have to leave the house by this time, I have to be reporting for work this time, when those those things can get a little, you know, shades of gray, or things change, Then for me, at least when I moved from the traditional sense and I started homeschooling, I didn't have to leave the house at 630 in the morning anymore, Mm -hmm. which meant I didn't have to get up at Mm 5am anymore, right so. um, So looking at our time and and when I work with um, my clients we do what's called a time audit Mm -hmm. All right, and i'm sure you're very familiar with time audits. But what I have, and we're going to circle back to a time audit after we talk about the pillars, but, Mm -hmm. um, but that's really important to look at how you're spending your time every day and even longitudinally for a week. And then even, even deeper to two weeks and a month, and we'll come back to that. So the H stands for your health and looking at your emotional health, your physical health, your mental health, your spiritual health, and really take stock. Of those areas of your health, and you may have certain areas that you're really, really good at, and there may be other areas that you've been neglecting, or that you haven't thought are really important in your life, and that can be a, a you know, they can manifest in, in cracks in your in your pillars. Um, the next area is your I, which stands for your interpersonal relationships. So once we have our time down, and we know we feel like we're organized in that. And once we feel like we're in good shape with our health, then we want to look at how are we showing up for those that we love? How do we know how to show up for them? Because sometimes the way that we're showing up is the way we think the other person is receiving information and love. And we did a really fun um, example with my, my, my own kids earlier this school year, we took the five love language quiz by Gary Chapman. It's free. It's online. They have them for, for kids as young as five. And, oh, cool. and then they have them bro- broken up into different ages. And it was very interesting because my t- two of my three had the very same love languages, which is quality time, and words of affirmation, hmm. okay? My middle boy, his was quality time and physical touch. And actually physical touch was, on, was first and then it was quality time, okay? And this, I wasn't surprised by this, okay? I wasn't surprised by this. And my, my other two, when we talked about, well, what do you think your brother's love languages are gonna be? Or what do you think your sister's love languages are gonna be? They actually could pe- peg it really well But what it made me think about, Steph, was, all right, let's say that I was still working full time and I was leaving my house at 6.30 in the morning and now my kids are older, right? They're able to get themselves up. They're getting themselves on the bus every day. And let's say I wasn't home. Now, remember, two of mine are quality time and words of affirmation. My other one is quality time and physical touch. So let's say I start a group text with my kids, and I'm thinking, I'm gonna be a cool mom. Um, I'm interacting with my kids every day, and I say, Good morning, I love you so much. You guys are rock stars, you know. Sissy, I know you're gonna do really well on this spelling test and your karate test tonight, you're gonna rock and roll and and really break that board. And you know, and I go on and I'm specific, right? I I'm specific with what each child is doing in their life. And if And if I spend time in the evening playing a board game after dinner or whatever with that quality time, if the middle child who needs physical touch, Mm -hmm. if I'm doing the same thing for all three, but he wants to snuggle or he wants to hold my hand when we're, you know, sitting at church or whatever, and I'm not available, he is going to think that I don't love him right which is not true of course not yeah and and i think a lot of times parents think and and it could be it could be even like let's say a parent gets their all their maybe one of their kids or two of their kids like gifts make them feel loved but one of the kids is quality time and and you know physical touch and you get all three of them the new airpods mm-hmm. and you get all and you say hey have a great day and then they wonder why the other child you know, yeah, is is acting out, mm-hmm. you know, what's wrong with them. And so that was really eye-opening mm-hmm. for for all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. um, so that's so that's your eye for your interpersonal relationships. Your N stands for saying no, mm-hmm. setting healthy boundaries. And and something that I tell my clients is, you know, saying no doesn't mean you draw a line in the sand and you never do this again. You know, saying no, is it could be a seasonal no. It could be a, no, I've done this for a while, but now it's not serving me. It's not serving my family. It's not serving what I'm called to do as I move forward. And that's really important to set up those healthy boundaries. Mm -hmm. Also, I would have way too many things on my plate. Mm -hmm. And when we do that, it causes resentment. We don't realize it's gonna cause resentment but then we we were like, oh I really don't want to go to that or I'm really not looking forward to that. I shouldn't have said it. And then that's that negative talk that, that affects us and can spiral in other directions. The G stands for where you're going and how are you growing. Mm, I love it. And 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 going can be a physical place. Like, where do you want to go? What do you want to see? There's so much out there right mm-hmm. or it could be a metaphorical where are you going in life like are you stagnant with your with your business with your um maybe you don't like what you're doing for your job and how are you going to grow what are you doing to learn more you mm-hmm. know just because you're an adult doesn't mean that you can't you know take another new classes learn a new language learn a new art Form, you, so you say I can't draw. Well, then maybe you take a, a pottery class, you know. But once you stop growing, that's the end of the line. Mm-hmm. Like, pack it up, friend.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're you either we're either go, growing or we're decaying. One or the yes. other. You can't, yes. you're not staying the same. You're either no. you're, or
0: you're. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. S, let... Yes, the S stands for service to self and others. Mm-hmm. So you can't pour from an empty cup. I'm sure you've heard that phrase, mm-hmm. right? You also can't show you have to serve yourself, which oftentimes especially for moms, this feels very selfish. So tonight, my husband is off work this weekend and another friend of mine is having some friends over. It's her birthday. And so I he didn't know that I had this on the calendar we were talking last night and he's like, okay, what do we have planned for the weekend? We have my niece's birthday party. And he saw on my calendar girls night out. He goes, what's that? I said, Oh, my friend Brandy, we're, we're going over. And she, he's like, Oh, and I was like, yeah, I'm it's a girl's night. I haven't had one in like months. Right. But there was a part of me that kind of felt bad at first. Like, Oh, maybe I shouldn't go. Yeah. No, I, I need to go.
1: Yeah.
0: I need to go. And, and that, that, part that says we're selfish we can't pour into other people if we aren't at first full right because we're not going to show up for them really how they need to be it's we're not going to step boldly into that right so and then the service to others is looking at all of the things in order if you have those balanced then you can serve the people you are called to serve whatever season that is, you know, it, maybe it's a season where you are called to serve your family and stay home for that season. But if you don't have those other things, you're not going to do that well. And you're going to resent that. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to be able to do it the way that you know that you can. And when we show up, but we show up not in our best. And we know that we're like haphazard, like we're a, a hot mess express. Then, then we start, then we can start saying, oh, I could have done that so much better. Or why didn't I get up earlier? Or, And those are things that I know from, from past experience. And so honing these pillars is super important because you can have a couple of the pillars really rock steady. But let's just say your eye for your interpersonal relationships, let's say that those are not good. What happens is it's like a little wrecking ball. The little ball goes down there and it just starts going tick, tick. And it starts breaking up and then it will affect your health, right? You're not going to be in a good emotional place if you're not having good relationships with the people that you love. You're not going to also set healthy boundaries. If I'm not getting along with my kids and I'm struggling to show up for them as a parent, then I'm probably going to do things that aren't the best. I may be not keeping good, healthy boundaries for things that they should be doing or should okay. not be doing because out of guilt, I'm going to be like, oh, well, I don't really want to spend $300 on this, but I feel really bad. So I'm gonna, so those boundaries that everything just starts getting all out of whack.
1: Yeah. Boundaries, so, boundaries are, are so important. I, I, uh, I think it was Brene Brown that that I think it was her that said this and I really it made so much sense to me because I didn't really learn to set boundaries until I was much older. I'm like, um, and I didn't realize that by not setting boundaries, I wasn't doing anybody any favors because you're right. the resentment set in, all these things. but you know, boundaries isn't really about control or nose or all that. It's really about, you know set figuring out what you need for yourself to, to protect yourself, in each situation. Mm -hmm. And so that way you, you know, it's not like, it's like you said, it's not drawing a line in the sand. It's like creating these uh, relationships based on, you know, what you need, but also that way you can serve others. So I, I don't know, the way she explained it was like, yeah, it makes it, it made so much more sense to say, what is it that, that I need in this situation to protect my energy?
0: Well, and here's what you would, if I was a mom of a toddler and you came to my house, Steph, and my toddler was just learning how to walk and, you know, we were sitting out on my front porch. There's no gate in my front yard. I don't have a little picket fence that protects anything. And if I, if we were out there and you saw them getting up from their, their crawling and started toddling towards the road and, and I was like, oh, it'll be fine. He needs to learn. It's not a big deal. No, right Mm -hmm. so so when we enter certain seasons of our lives for us to really explore the area around us in a way that's healthy and is protecting us from getting into situations that that are painful or we're not ready for or we're not able to discern well with wisdom then then we have to put those boundaries up so it's not it's not a you shouldn't do this it's Mm -hmm this is where you need to grow best. And this is where you need to be. Mm-hmm. Now let's go back to the T for the time audit because you you said yeah. that you're familiar with that. Okay, so this is what I would challenge your listeners to do. If you jot down your things and you've written down your, your pillars, if you take a highlighter for the H, the I, the N and the G and the S and you pick you make a key, okay, it doesn't matter what color you choose. So let's just say that for health, you choose yellow. I like yellow makes me happy, okay? I think of sunshine and I think of taking a walk, all right? So for a whole week, okay? You've written down every day from the time you get up to the time you go to bed what your time was spent doing, all right? Then you go back at the end of the day and you look, okay? So let's just say you took a walk today, Steph. That is for your health, that's for could be for your mental health. It could be for your physical health. So you highlight that time in the day as your yellow. Mm. Well, Then you said you, your daughter was, was at your house today. Let's say mm. you sat and had a cup of coffee with her or you chatted or you did whatever, and you spent some quality time. Then let's say that orange is your daughter's favorite color. So you're doing that as your eye. You highlight that coffee time, your, your orange. So you go on and you do the same thing with all that so the end for setting healthy boundaries, may be something that you 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 had a call with someone and they asked you to, to be on a council and you were like you know I'm going to get back to you on that. I'm not sure that that's going to work but i'm going to think about it, you highlight that whatever color you're looking at your boundaries, you go through all of them. Okay, mm-hmm. and when you look at your day. You should have a very colorful day right. If you don't, if you don't have any yellow in your day and, and yellow could also mean eating healthy, you know, I mean, there's lots of different, you know, shoot offs that you could do for that. Then you're able to look and be more critically thinking what areas did I not fulfill and where could I have done them and Mm -hmm. seeing this is where it's different for everybody. So for some people might say, if I work out on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, And if I have yellow on Monday, Wednesday, Friday for the whole week, I'm good. I feel good. Where other people might say, I need sunshine literally every day. So no wonder I had a crappy week because I look at my week and I have yellow on Tuesdays and Thursdays. That's not enough, right? you know, so it's kind of one of those actionable steps that you can look at visually as a, as a visual, you know, kind of component and then see where you can tweak that, tweak it for the next day, tweak it for the next week. And then have kind of even a month glance of, you know, did you have pockets of your month where you maybe took a class or you, you know, did whatever. And those were like, wow, I felt really inspired then. And then there was other droughts through the month. And and how did you feel that way? You know, how were your interpersonal relationships when you weren't growing or you weren't serving yourself? So that's your little time act. Time audit hat.
1: Yeah, I have. Uh, that's interesting. I've I've heard it done in the pie chart where you put your different areas of your life in the pie and you you rate them one to ten and it should be fairly, calm, fairly good circle instead of like this toward the center. I don't know if that I, I'm drawing it. I'm I forget this is a podcast sometimes and I'm drawing in the air. But anyway, <laughs> but I haven't heard it done in the in the color uh, and I like that. I like that color coding that because yeah, you can I, visually see it right there.
0: So. I, d- I used to use that for my students and so when they would be writing a writing piece like if they were writing a narrative I would have them use the five senses and I would have them pick a different color for the different senses so when they would go back and look at their piece say they were writing a short story or a narrative then they'd have to do the sense of smell with a certain color and then they could go back and they could say well your story seems kind of flat well that's because you don't have it I feel like it's a A silent movie there's no talking there's no dialogue there's no sense of not hearing anything you know and it was really helpful for them so um, it it seems seems like it's really helpful for people when I've shared that with them so
1: awesome I love I love your pillars I love the the acronym and how you've done it so thank you thank you for sharing that I think I think it will be helpful for people so i really want to know i know we had talked about it a little bit and i and i never i never went and read your page on your work in sri lanka so let's uh let's talk a little bit about that the your mission work in sri lanka do you mind sharing a little bit about that
0: absolutely yeah this is the mightiest work honestly other than being a wife and a mom this is really the mightiest work that i've ever been called to do so um You know, last March I released my book and I had written it the previous fall and worked on editing it, but my book was launched. The weekend that everybody else was getting toilet paper in my neighborhood I actually had a book signing in our little town um, uh, in March, and it was on that same weekend that everything shut down. Um, So you know I kind of thought that was what I was supposed to do, I was supposed to write this book, I was supposed to encourage moms, you know, and then everybody was home with their people, doing all the things. And the last thing they wanted to do was read. You know, they were so busy. Um, and, And so I actually did a challenge, because I thought, well, maybe I need to kind of dig a little deeper and see what is it that I'm supposed to do. And through this challenge, I met this woman. Now, what you need to know is that in my book, I had already written about the country of Sri Lanka. And it was just a little tiny snippet of I I did some research about where cinnamon came from. And that's about a a chapter in our book about gratitude. Mm -hmm. And I wanted my kids to know that you don't just show up and you don't arrive somewhere having done the work all by yourself. That's, you know, we oftentimes think, look what I did. Mm -hmm. And really there's, there's people that helped you along the way that were pivotally placed in the seasons that you needed them. Mm -hmm. So, so we talked about like, how long did it take the farmer to actually tend the apple tree so when we picked them today they were ready for us like how many years does that take you know and um so we looked up where cinnamon came from okay and i wrote in my book does the cinnamon harvester in sri lanka know that his life's work is travels all the way around the world Mm. to people making cinnamon rolls and in paris and you know, chai tea in India to apple pies in Illinois, you know, so that was what I wrote about. Mm -hmm. So fast forward and I have this woman and she's a mom and she says to me, what kind of business do you do? And I was reaching out to lots of people just like you and people all around the world. And so I told her I was a podcaster. I was an author. I was a small business owner. I was a homeschool mom. And she said she needed to do a business. And she went on to tell me her story and we were chatting on Facebook messenger, which then turned into video messaging and video calling. And, and I got to hear her whole story. And that just, I just felt like when I found out that she was from Sri Lanka, I knew that this was bigger than myself. Mm. And I'd never had that kind of instant connection and see those pieces kind of fall into place. Mm-hmm. And so um, so what I did was I asked her, I said, well, you know what kind of things can you do B- back to my my you know Montessori, like what kind of you know what could you do to do a business? What could you make? what could you sell? what do you have talents? And so she showed me in a video when we were talking one day that her father had built this small little 10 by 10 grocery store and it was it's rural it's like a little cement building and he had been a very successful farmer and he had a heart attack and while he was a successful farmer he was building her a new house that was supposed to be part of her dowry and they had a small house that was you know that they that she grew up in she's an only child but when he had that heart attack he took some of the blocks and he made this small shop and that's how he he supported his family and his wife and he sold you know little things coconuts things that they could have in their garden and she said when my father had his next heart attack he was in the hospital and she was expecting her first baby and her father passed away mm-hmm. so between paying for the medical bills and then her having a new baby and her husband being the only sole provider she said we weren't able to keep the 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 you know the shop stocked it didn't have electricity you know, any of that. It was very crude shop. And she said, this is what I want to do. She's like, I want to make this into something for my community. And she lives about 20 minutes outside of the city center. And there's, and the the closest little other rural shop is five miles away. So Mm -hmm. it's, there's not really a lot for her village, you know, the village people that live by her. And so I, I, I decided that I needed to help this woman. And so I I created a private Facebook page um, and I said, you know, I I said, I want you to make a business plan. I want to know exactly how much we would need to open this shop the way you want to open it. And so she, she worked and she worked and she worked. And, and the interesting thing was, is I had hired my own business coach and I used the, the $1,000 is how much I'd made at that point for my book. And I used that $1,000 on my business coach, Mm -hmm. but I created my mission statement, which was I'm going to show up authentically, vulnerably, and listen to the hearts of others every day. Mm -hmm. So I spent my $1,000. I created that mission statement and I was using that mission by listening to her story because I had to be vulnerable. I had to listen to her story and believe that I'm not getting scammed by some woman in Sri Lanka. Mm -hmm. Right. And so the next day I had sent her some money for groceries because her husband was out of work because of been injured mm-hmm. and then because of COVID. And the next morning I woke up and she had made her business plan. And I'd never talked to her about my business coach or my book or anything. A thousand dollars was exactly how much to the penny she had estimated she would need To do all the work that she would need to make this a really robust shop with, like, a refrigerator, a freezer, you know, different things for the community. And, you know, those those coincidences, as people would call them, they were just too big and specific for me to ignore them and think that they were not purposeful. And right. so I, I didn't have a thousand dollars though. Right. Cause I'd already sold my, I, I already spent that money. So I just had to reach out to people and stuff. One of the areas that I've struggled with in my life is the validation of others, having mm. other people validate what I'm doing and then moving forward, kind mm. of like getting that, up, that approval. Right. And, and sometimes you no, know, not being brave and bold to step forward until I got the, okay. I understand. And <laughs> I knew that people were going to think I was crazy with this work. Right. I knew. And so, but I didn't care because I knew that the only thing I needed, the only validation I needed was that God had placed something on my heart.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And and in that instant, I haven't, I haven't turned back. And I reached out to friends and I'm like, Hey, I'm helping this mom in Sri Lanka open this rural grocery store. Are you in? And Mm -hmm. if they said, no, that I'm like, okay, that's fine. I totally get it. Not a problem. But from June 25th to July 15th, we raised the thousand dollars. All the work was done and the shop was opened.
1: That's incredible. That is so awesome. I love it. That's beautiful. And so
0: what ended up happening during those weeks while we were working, because we were talking back and forth all the time, was that another issue arose that i noticed and that was that their current home was leaking profusely when it would rain and the Mm. in the rainy season was really bad and i knew that her dad had started this other house and it was i had seen pictures of it and it was just concrete walls of the house that he had started there was no there was no floor there was no ceiling nothing and something inside of me just said you've got to finish that house. And, and I told my friend shortly after the shop got opened and it was, and I said, I need you to start pulling weeds. And she was like, ma'am, I can't sister. I cannot ask you to help me. I said, well, you didn't ask me. And honestly, I don't have the money. Like I can't just write a check and give it to you. I said, right. I'm going to have to step boldly in faith and saying I literally don't know where the funds are coming for, from, for this. And that was, that was July 15th, right? Cause we finished the shop. Mm-hmm. And since that time, we raised enough money to complete the roof. We raised enough money to pour a floor. Mm-hmm. We raised enough money to finish all the walls and have all the electric done. And now we are, we have the wood that's drying that the carpenter's going to make by hand all the doors and window frames.
1: So that's real. This is a great story. I love this. So, so what I would like to do is uh, I'm assuming you're still raising money for the, the, are you still raising money? Yes. Let's put, we'll put this in the show notes. Do you have a link that people can donate through or? Yeah. Yes.
0: So if you, if you go to my website yeah if you go to my website um, kristenly schindler.com and then you do forward slash service hyphen to hyphen others. Um, there is the whole story there, and you can see the the photos and the cool thing stuff is that throughout this whole time I have seen the gifts that my friend has she is the hardest working woman that I have literally ever met. Mm. And she is a very talented seamstress so actually just yesterday I got a box box from her from Sri Lanka of these little pencil cases makeup bags that she has made and I'm actually going to be selling them for her and nice. all the profits will go back to her so that she can pay for the next step in building this house so um it's been like I said it's it's been amazing to be able to pour hope into the life of another woman and just tell her like I see you and you are worthy and you are talented and you can do amazing things.
1: I love that. I love it. That's amazing. This is an amazing story. I, I'm so glad we we got this because it's been on my mind to go to the page, but it's my, <laughs> it's been a time thing, but have you but, had uh, all the
0: things do it. <laughs> yeah. You've had all I'll the mean, things, you've I'll had be- all the things that you're doing.
1: I have all the things, I'm getting a lot of all the things off, a lot of the things off my plate so that I can do the main things. So I want to share, I want to share that in the show notes. And then uh, I want to, where can people find you if they're interested in your podcast or your coaching or, or your mission work?
0: Absolutely. So my Facebook page um, is called all the things with Kristen Schindler. I also have a private Facebook group that's the same thing all the things with Kristen Schindler. Um and but if you wanted to check out all my podcasts, they are on Spotify, they are on Apple Podcasts. Um, but I also have a link on my on my website kristenleeshindler.com where you can see all of the work that I'm doing. There's links to my coaching package there and and what that is. And I also have a free downloadable Um, things sheet where you can actually look at and categorize how do you feel you're doing in those areas Um, and there's just a lot of different you know do-it-yourself kind of things on my page where people can kind of start deep diving with with themselves and really start looking critically at those areas and and figure out which of those they really need to work on which pillars are a little wobbly or or need to be patched up
1: I love it. Thank you so much. We'll put those in the show notes and I have enjoyed this so much. I want to ask you, this is my favorite question to ask lately on the podcast is, Kristen, if you had a billboard that you could have any message that you wanted so that when the cars were driving by, they could see that and then they would think about it for the next 100 miles or whatever, what what would that message be?
0: It would say, show up strong. Oh, I love for it. For you, for those you love and those you're called to serve. Mm, show beautiful. up strong.
1: Beautiful. I love it. This has been amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. And uh I like I said, I'll put all of those things in the show notes. So you guys go find Kristen on Facebook, on her, on her podcast, and uh and let's go help uh your friend in Sri Lanka.
0: Thank you so much, Steph. This has been wonderful. Thank you for letting me share your mic space and sharing with your listeners today. It was so, so wonderful.
1: Thank you so much, Kristen.
0: You're welcome.